Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome to the campfire. It is such a pleasure to have you here again. Uh, thank you for joining us. For those of you who are new, we should kind of probably explain who we are. We probably should. We never do that anymore. No, that's true. <laughs> Well, all the old friends. Right. We are Tony and Peggy, just like it says in the beginning. Just like that, yep. We are enthusiastic RVers who I have worked in the RV industry. Peggy's worked in the RV industry. Peggy's been camping for two ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I was conceived on a camping trip, actually. Yeah, isn't that funny? Been camping my whole life. Literally, <laughs> even since before you were born. That's right. So uh, that's who we are. We're enthusiasts. Our goal with the Stressless Camping Podcast is to give you ideas, tips, hints, um, deals, and things to just make your camping experience more stress-less. Right. Uh, We tend to focus on things related to RVs and travel trailers, but not exclusively. Every week we start out with something that we have uh, seen on the interwebs. Right. Kind of something that's been discussed. And earlier I was looking at, there's a there's a whole forum called the RV Entrepreneur and a podcast and sort of whole web presence for RV Entrepreneur. And it's run by Heath and Alyssa Padgett, who are super cool uh, people. And they've, they make their living, making their living, telling people how to make their living from RVing. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, they recently had a new addition to their family, a uh, little baby. Right. And Heath was explaining how uh, his insurance was balking and potentially not able to cover the costs of that medical expense. That is not good. No. And as we all know, a hot topic of debate in this country, uh, in the United States, is medical medical insurance. insurance. So uh, we don't pretend to know a whole lot about it. We don't uh, pretend to have any advice other than... Make sure that you know that you have good insurance. Right. Make sure you know what your coverage is and whether or not they can pay and what's covered and all of that. Especially, there are a lot of full-timers out there. And covering yourself as a full-time RVer is its own specialty. Right, because you, you're not in any one given state. You're not affiliated with one particular hospital or, or medical center. Just that's our word of caution is we, you know, be very diligent in securing coverage and making sure that it does what it claims to do. Don't, right. don't just trust the brochure. Yep. So, and we hope that the works out for Heath and Alyssa. For sure. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a, we've all seen a lot of, this is not something they've done, but amongst our friends, we, we, our part-time RVers sort of, we do, we RV a lot, but we also have a sticks and bricks house and we, our sticks and bricks house is in an area that um, has fairly extreme levels of income. (laughs) And there have been more GoFundMes for 
even moderate medical expense. And just, it, it's such an issue, and we really hope that it gets resolved in this country. But, uh, boy, that's, that's bordering political, and I don't mean to. <laughs> but just, you know, watch your, watch your... Watch your insurance. Yeah. That, that's all we want to say. Uh, just give it a double check, especially, you know, right now we're coming in on the end of the year and time to, to really give that a good look. So yep. there you go. And one of the things we can ensure that you have oh, a great boy. journey, there's a transition, uh, when you use Boondockers Welcome. And so we have a, a little bit of information about them. So Let's here is that. Did you make our camping reservations? No, everything's full. We might have to rethink our trip. No way. Did you look at Boondockers Welcome? You remember they have hosts all over the place where we can stay free. Some that are totally off-grid camping and some with partial and even full hookups. There's all kinds of great places to overnight. Of course. And we even have a coupon code to join Boondockers Welcome on our partners page. You could save five bucks when you sign up. How could I forget? There are all kinds of great places we can find on the Boondockers Welcome website. Our trip is saved. And speaking of saving money, we will, since there's no charge to stay at any Boondockers Welcome site. It's the best deal out there, and it's a great way to meet local hosts and stay in local places and expand our journey. Well, I'm going to finish planning our epic road trip, and it's going to be even better with stays we find on the Boondockers Welcome website. And it's so easy to locate hosts along your next epic adventure. Okay, well, there you go. So hopefully you get some boondocking in. It's one of our favorite things, and we have a whole month of that's right. I'm very excited. Up. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be I've fantastic. Been, I've been studying the maps and making some plans and getting excited about this trip. Yeah, and, and virtually we are going to take you all with us on it. Yes, We're we are. All these podcast toys and all that, and uh, so we will we will have you along with us on this trip. And one of the things we went last year, we're we're going to Quartzsite and an FMCA rally and the desert. And we did all that last year, and that's when we had a tire issue. We did have a tire issue on the way down to Southern California. Yeah, and I am a nut about tires. I, I just I pay really close attention. I monitor air pressure. I monitor condition because really they are one of the most basic safety components that we have as yes. any motorist. Yeah. Uh, what happened last year, and there's an article about it on stresslesscamping.com, which is the website that goes with this podcast. Um, one of our tires just quit holding air, basically. Right. Yeah, it did. It just kept going flat. So first it was a couple pounds low, and then it was a few pounds low, and it just got to where it wasn't holding any air at all. No. Where we live... Uh, RV tires are a special order item. We were down in, quote unquote, the big city of LA, <laughs> and we uh, were able to just roll into an RV or uh, roll into a tire dealer, and they had exactly what they we had, wanted. Yeah, they had what we needed and in plenty of stock. Right? Whereas, yeah. whereas if it was somewhere here locally to us, it would be something they could order and we'd wait three or four days. And luckily, we didn't have to do that because we didn't really want to spend three or four days in one spot last year. Nope. That's for sure. We were rolling and, and so, so we wanted to impart 
some of what I know about RV tires and and tire safety. I also used to write a syndicated national auto column, so I know a little bit about those round black things. And so uh, give you share a little of what we know. And again, there's a companion article on stresslesscamping.com. But let's start with the single greatest way you can increase the life of your tires. That is to check your inflation. Correct. Every day before you start moving. Before you go out on an adventure, check the inflation on your tires. And the way to do that is, first of all, please go buy a good tire inflation gauge. Don't rely on the one that may or may not be at the filling station. A good quality tire inflation pressure gauge will do wonders. And don't just check your RV tires. If you have a travel trailer, as we do, we check the tow vehicle too. Yeah, check the truck too. If you're in a motorhome, check all the tires on the motorhome. And if you're towing a tow vehicle, that too. Right. Because even (laughs) if you don't, even if that tow vehicle isn't doing anything to get you down the road, if you lose a tire and things start bouncing around down back there, you're just, you're still going to be in trouble. Yes. Oh, and, and as we've seen, tire issues can really be injurious to RVs, but even more so to the people who are in the RVs. Right, or the people who are next to the RVs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, big old hunk of rubber coming off at 55 miles an hour. Yeah. So uh, the time to check the tire inflation is in the morning before the sun has had a chance to heat up the air in the tire. You check them out in the morning to make sure they're all properly inflated. And by morning, you mean before you start moving too, right? Because any driving on a tire will warm that tire up enough that it will change your inflation. Correct. Yeah, if you before you leave, uh, before the the sun really has a chance to hit the tire and change the the pressure, check them then and make sure that they're all good. Now, if you have to go somewhere to inflate the tire, let's say a filling station or whatever, mark how many pounds low any given tire is, and then add that many psi to the tire. Right. So your reading might actually be a little bit high, but that's because you know that it's. It's not reading properly because it's hot. Okay. Um, we carry a, a battery-powered compressor with us because, as I said, I'm a nut, and I admit it. <laughs> but um, I have a Ryobi air compressor, which also will inflate a mattress or pool toys or that kind of thing. But it will uh, also inflate the tires. And it's I really like this thing. And It's a nice toy. Yeah, it really is. Now, how do you know... How much pressure to put in your tires? Well, that's... There's a, there's a number engraved in the side of the tire, right? No. No, that's what a lot of people think. Now, that is the maximum inflation pressure the tire manufacturer recommends. Okay. But that may or may not be what is appropriate for the tire in your RV or your tow vehicle or oh. whatever. Uh, So there is a placard on the side of RVs that gives the recommended inflation pressure. And there is a placard in the driver's door jam of your tow vehicle, if you have, you know, pickup or whatever the heck it is, that gives the recommended tire inflation pressure. And you want to maintain that because too much inflation and the tire is effectively too round 
so it will wear out the tread in the middle and you will have less contact with the road. Right. And that's not good. No. Too little inflation and the tire will flex too much and can get hot and pop. That's not that good either. That doesn't sound so good either. No. So the bottom line is follow those recommendations for tire pressure that are given by the vehicle manufacturer as opposed to the tire manufacturer. Okay, good because, to know. Because, you know, those tire companies don't know where they're going to put those tires and how big or large a vehicle they're going on. So they say, well, this is the most you can possibly do, but that uh -huh. might be the appropriate amount for your vehicle. Now I have a question. Okay. If you are towing with a pickup uh, and you're attached, the trailer is attached, is that going to change the inflation compared to not being attached no. to the truck? No, not at all. Okay. No, it's it, it, they're independent. And here's a funny thing. When I was working in the RV industry, a gentleman came in and he was livid and he said, uh, my tires are rated, all tires have a maximum uh, inflation pressure, but also a maximum capacity of how much weight they are able to hold. And he said, oh my God, these tires, all four combined cannot hold this whole trailer. I don't remember what the specific number was, but let's just say the trailer is 6,000 pounds max and the tires are only rated for 5,500 pounds max. Well, uh. the manufacturers of trailers know that about 10 to 15% of the weight of that trailer is on the tongue. So they, they count that in when they figure all this stuff out. So your tow vehicle is actually part of the suspension, kind of, of your travel trailer or fifth wheel for that matter. Okay. So there you go. There, there is so much. If you go on, if you want to have a, shall we say, heated discussion or a very enthused discussion. Oh, I love those. On social media. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm lecturing. <laughs> By the way, we do, we do give lectures at RV shows and such and have, and uh, I try to make them interactive and entertaining, and, and I'm not doing that at this point. I'm just like, pardon You're me. You're just giving us the, the, yeah. giving us the information. Well, I'm on my soapbox, <laughs> standing here, and it says Acme Soap. Hopefully it's not Acme like the uh, like that coyote used. I hope the box doesn't break. Yeah, or explode. <laughs> but if you want to start a heated discussion on any RV forum on social media, Ask, what are the best tires? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, other topics for doing that are your favorite tow vehicle or running with your fridge on or <laughs> off. So your favorite tires. Oh, there you boy. go. You want to start a fight? There's your list. Yeah. <laughs> Pick tires based on what your tire dealer recommends. They usually know what has worked and what hasn't. Of course... For travel trailers, Goodyear has both a really good and a really lousy reputation. There are, yeah. yeah, there are Goodyear tire for travel trailers that there's a few lawsuits over, and then there's people who swear by them. So right. again, the, uh, there's so many variables that affect the life of a tire 
that there's no one right or wrong answer other than proper inflation pressure <laughs> and maintenance. And another factor is age, tire age. The, and that has nothing to do with mileage, right? That is correct. In fact, I will say the vast majority of RV tires, and this is a guess, but I bet the vast majority are replaced long before the tread is worn out on them. Because they sit around in the sun or they sit around in the heat and the cold and they get old. Yeah, and they just, as you said, they just sit they around. They just disintegrate and, long before they hit their mileage. Right, and a lot of that can come from the inside out. So the industry, the RV and the tire industry, recommend that you replace the tires on your RV after five to seven years, depending on who you talk to. Um, but let's say five is is the number you're really going to look for. So how do you know how old your RV tires are? You uh, <laughs> you ask, ask to see its driver's license? That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, I know the answer to this one, actually. You do? Yeah, on the tire... And I said engraved earlier, and obviously I don't mean engraved because that would probably not be good for the tire. It's raised, it's bumps, and uh, that's how you can find that maximum air pressure, but that's also how you can find out when your tire was manufactured. There is a four-digit code on the tire, and the first two digits are the week of manufacture, and the second two are the year of manufacture. So I happen to know that our tires that we got last year are 2518s, which means that they were manufactured in the 25th week of 2018. Yep, that's it. So you can look on the side of the tire and see when they were made. Now, let's say you just went a couple years ago, bought yourself a brand new travel trailer, and you are just loving life and seeing the country and having a good time. And you're thinking, well, my tires are good. I have three more years. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. They may have sat around in the warehouse. Because, you know, tire is made. Then it sits in a warehouse. Then it goes to the manufacturer of the RV. Then it sits in their warehouse. And then eventually it gets on the RV. Then it sits at the dealership in the sun for a week, a year. I mean, who knows? Right. So your tires on your vehicle might be much older than the date of purchase of that vehicle. So that's important to know that number on the tire when it was manufactured. Because even all that time sitting in a warehouse is still taking its toll on that tire. Yep. Calendar's still ticking along. And the travel trailer tires that we have, the one that failed, failed after the trailer was only, it was almost exactly two years two old. Two years, yeah. So, and again, that's us taking good care of them, making sure they're inflated properly and all, all that sort of right. stuff. And speaking of travel trailers, <laughs> if you, here's another way of, of getting the best bang for your buck uh, input on the <laughs> internet. How's that? Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. Ask what type of tires to put on a travel there trailer. There you go. Oh my gosh. Bottom Not line, just the brand, but the kind. Right. But what, oh, you can put, you know, people say, well, I put, pickup truck tires on my trailer. Uh, it's not, not a good idea. And here's why. So there are tires that are ST or special trailer tires, and they are specifically designed to withstand what's called scrubbing. And scrubbing is when you turn a corner in a twin axle travel trailer, 
or fifth wheel or whatever, or three axle, and the tire kind of gets pulled sideways for lack of a, and you can see this, go to an RV dealer and watch them move trailers around, and you see these tires just like what they call scrubbing or getting pulled sideways. Well, the um, ST tires are specifically designed for that. That's not something a normal passenger vehicle like a pickup truck ever has to deal with really right so buy travel trailer tires if you have a or buy the st tires if you have a travel trailer fifth wheel that's just and you can get a super good deal on tires oh yeah you can through the the fmca yeah fmca has all kinds of great benefits including a smoking deal on tires right another reason to, to join them so that that's them. Uh, we have a few other tips for tires, and there's so much you can know. I mean, there are people who make their living off RV tires and knowing RV tires and RV tire safety and such. Yep. So th- this is just kind of the basic information that is good to have. Um, but there's more. Um, when your RV is sitting cover their tires. Right. So that's why I said earlier, the, the, even just the sun's rays can deteriorate the rubber. So if you have, if you're going to let it sit for a while, and even if you're not in a really sunny spot, it's going to be the sun's UV rays and those will work to deteriorate your tires. So if you have, so if you can get the tire covers and just cover up your tire and keep the sun's rays off of them, you'll be in a lot better shape. Yep. Uh, when, your RV is in storage. Keep the tires inflated to the ma- vehicle manufacturer's recommendations. That keeps the the whole thing in good shape. Right, and you don't want to store your tires on the frozen ground because the rubber will become brittle from the from freezing, and that'll make them crack. Yeah, that's uh, it's a great way to shorten tire life, and. Uh, some people say, and, and this may be not everyone, but position a barrier like a piece of wood between the ground and the tire when your RV is in storage. Uh, this is known as blocking, as the barrier needs to be longer and wider than the tread. And make sure that the load on each tire is distributed evenly and, and such. So that keeps your tire from touching whatever's on the ground. So wood is better than concrete? Or asphalt or grass? Yes. Yeah, like a plank. Arr, your tires could be walking the plank. Oh, man, we've gone a whole episode without one pun. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you had one way up at the top Oh, good. Man, (laughs) by the way, for all of our new listeners, just be forewarned, I absolutely love dad jokes and puns. Yeah, he does. Oh, they're great. So... And then uh, our last tip about tires is if you store your RV for a prolonged period of time, try to avoid parking on a petroleum-based surface like asphalt. Petroleum is a solvent, and it can react with a tire if it's left stationary for a while. So so there's that read for, good use for that piece of wooden block. Yeah, yeah. Arr, get your tires to walk the plank, <laughs> matey. You used that, that one already. I know. <laughs> Okay, there we go. Phew, I feel like it's our normal podcast again. Oh, goodness. A little silliness rather than... Rather than you just 
Yeah. Being on your soapbox. You, you can go ahead and get down oh, off of yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me be get care- down right, off. Be careful. Be careful. Get down off it. Do, do, do. <laughs> get down off it. By the way, I normally don't sing either because... Because I, you just heard why. <laughs> yeah. I could. I can feel all the phones clicking off the podcast as we speak. <laughs> I think I need a snack or something. All right. I, let's I, take a little break. Yeah. Let's, let's hear a word from Grub Sticks and then we're going to come back and go somewhere really cool. Yay. Hey, I see you're packing for our next road trip. Oh, yeah. These are all the ingredients for making different grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub stick. Great. But uh, where are the clothes? I got all kinds of inspiration for making grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub sticks over the campfire. There are 11 kinds of cheese and bacon, bacon jam, ham, five kinds of bread. Wait, wait, okay. That's all for making grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah. I know the grub stick is the perfect campfire accessory made of quality parts that work together for sandwiches, hot dogs, s'mores, woofums, and all sorts of other great meals. But isn't this a bit too much variety? Camping is supposed to be simple. Oh, it's simple to use your grub stick over the campfire or even on the barbecue to make great meals. And even kids can use them safely and easily. Plus, with the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS, you get 15% off your grub sticks. It's the best deal around. Yeah, but it's going to take us weeks to eat that mini grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Weeks of grilled cheese. You say that like it's a bad thing. And you haven't even seen what I packed for breakfasts and dinners. We are going to be camping for months. My husband is insane. But Grubstick is the perfect cooking accessory for any campfire. And you can get 15% off using the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS from our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Hmm. You still hungry? Uh, no. No, that was good. (laughs) That was a good snack. Yeah. All right. Remember so the, remember the Thanksgiving thing that Manya was talking about with the bread, the brie. Oh yeah. The uh, what oh. was that? The um, turkey, cranberry and, turkey brie and cranberry. Yeah, and by the way, Lacey, if you didn't hear our Thanksgiving episode, uh, Lacey made a turkey that was absolutely the best turkey I have ever. It was eaten. the best turkey ever. Oh, God. it was so good. And, and the, she cooked it in the smoker. I don't know if it was the smoker or the spices or the combination or the good friend's house. I don't know what it was, but yeah. it was the best turkey well, ever. Well, here's Lacey and, all. you know, we, we have all these camping friends, including Lacey. And she lives on a ranch. And while we were inside eating turkey, her turkey was outside gobbling at the door. <laughs> yeah, their pet turkey. so funny. Yeah, they have a pet turkey. <laughs> Cotton. All right, Cotton. let's go to El Segundo. I would love to go to El Segundo. That sounds like a great place. Yeah. El Segundo is where in the heck is El Segundo? It is a tiny little <laughs> town, basically on the beach in Los Angeles. And this time of year, all of the people who might be wondering how much snow they're going to get because it's been a cold year already. Well, El Segundo, there is no snow. It That's is right. it is it's beach city. Southern California Beach. It's actually Absolutely. right on the edge of Los Angeles Airport. Yep. So it's a good um <laughs> it's a nice noisy town. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing is you can camp right on the beach in El Segundo. You can, right uh, under the flight path. It's called Dockweiler. Yeah, it's called Dockweiler <laughs> State Beach. And every few minutes, plane goes Flying overhead. So. But what the heck? If you're you're kind of close enough to the 
to the water that you can hear the ocean and maybe drowns out the sound of airplanes a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. So, but it's a, it's a great campground. But from there, El Segundo is right on a 22-mile relatively flat beach bike path. That's right. That you can ride from a city called Torrance to Santa Monica. And it's just all year round. I mean, 365 days a year. It is a fantastic bike riding path. This is very true. Yep. Concrete path, kind of waves in and out on the beach. And it's a great, it's a great bike path. Absolutely. So that is one of the things to do. Um, Also in El Segundo, you can walk, I don't know, what is it, a mile yeah, Up about to that. Richmond Street, and there is the greatest tiki bar <laughs> right. on the planet. So you would definitely want to go to the Purple Orchid. But first, yep. you want to go have some dinner at the Richmond Street Bar and Grill. Yeah, they make these chips there that are, and they're like potato chips. They so make their own chips. Yep. If you're from England, uh, they're not. They're not, not chips. Not they our are French fries. Crisps. They're. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'd be crisps to you. And they are so good. Yeah, yeah. And then, but between the Richmond and the uh, Tiki Bar, you might go to the Old Town Music Hall. Oh, yes. So the Old Town Music Hall is a 1928 movie theater that has a Wurlitzer Theater pipe organ in it. And it is, uh, it's a fantastic place. I mean, the whole back of this theater is pipe organ. And there's a gentleman there, Bill Field, who will play this thing before they show old movies. It's such a cool experience. It is so wonderful. And in fact, we got married there. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's just and within by the walking way, it was distance. Built in 1921, 19, not 1928. Really? Yeah. There you go. I learned there you something go. today. <laughs> Now, also on that bike path, not, eh, what is it, about 10 miles up the road is Venice Beach. That is true. It is the wackadoodle central of (laughs) Southern California. It's all the alternative lifestyle. Well, I shouldn't even say that. It's all of the unusual kind of almost sideshow experience free spirit free spirit there's the word (laughs) i knew peggy could pull it off um it's just i'm sure you've heard of venice beach you can ride your bicycle to venice beach from el segundo and who we this is where they have uh you know the the strong men who stand around lifting weights and the guy who swallows fire and the girls who roller skate wearing almost nothing yeah but you know a clown walking around on stilts i yeah. mean you, you could see everything there yeah it is truly a visual uh cornucopia there you go <laughs> so that's that's venice and again bike ride and the whole that whole 22 miles of bike path has bars restaurants shops i mean it's just a it's a cool place. There's all these bars that have been there forever. I, I grew up in that area, and we used to, uh, of course, once I was able to drink. Of course. We used to go on bicycle beer runs, and we would go from bar to bar just to see how far we could get. 
<laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's an option, or just antique stores, or and of course the scenery is spectacular on one side, as the ocean on the other side, are all these little shops, and the people watching is a blast too, all year round. That's right. There, and then El Segundo is central enough in L.A. that if you want to go to like Hollywood or the Peterson Automobile Museum, which is, you know, you can tell where my interests lie, <laughs> or, you know, all of the typical L.A. hotspots, it is not far. Um, also, if you love cars, you could go to the Automobile Driving Museum in oh, El Segundo. Oh, my gosh. That's a great place to go. Yeah. On Sundays, they... It's the museum that takes you for a ride. That's right. And they actually have an incredible collection of cars, a lot of Packards, if that's your thing, including they have uh, Howard Hughes' girlfriend Packard, and they have Stalin's Packard there. And on Sundays, they will take some of these cars out, and you get to ride around in them. So it could be their Corvair, could be their Pacer, could be one of the Packards. Uh, They usually have two or three cars out take you for a ride. And it's also the headquarters of Mattel, El Segundo. Oh, that's true. It is. Yeah, they have a toy shop there, I believe. (laughs) So it's just a neat place. Like I say, if you're going to go to L.A. and you want to have a neat camping experience, Dockweiler State Beach, you won't forget it. And if you like to go for walks around towns that don't have any single street that's completely flat. That's correct. That's El Segundo. Yeah, it actually got <laughs> in the Guinness Book of World Records as having uh, not one flat street in the entire town. Yep. Uh, El Segundo. That's uh, where we think is a cool place to put on your calendar to go to and visit. And and on my soapbox, I'm going to chop it up and make firewood out of it so I don't do this again (laughs) i'll get the grub sticks yeah but we are happy to share information and of course if you would like to weigh in on anything we've said here on the podcast on this episode or any of the others that we have or on our website uh you can visit our website at www.stresslesscamping.com right from there you can contact us or you can jump off and get onto uh, Facebook or Instagram or all those other places that we are and check us out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. We sincerely appreciate your joining us on this journey. And uh, well, happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. Don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.